It's a wonderful key life, and it's our annual Christmas episode, our sort of gift to you. Let's talk about it on Steve Brown, etc. He's an old white guy, an author, broadcaster, and seminary professor who's sick of religion. And he's brought friends. Please welcome Steve Brown, etc. Hey, we're so glad you're here. Uh, uh, welcome to Steve Brown, etc. And that's the name of the show. It is not the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> and I'm Steve, the aforementioned old white guy. Matthew Border, our executive producer, is here. Matthew is a lot like a candy cane, a little twisted. Sure. <laughs> But still, still sweet. I can't believe I read that. And our producer, Jinx, is working hard in this little glass booth. And today is one, the one show of the year where Jinx isn't the only one eating. Kathy has yet again blessed us with some tasty Christmas cookies. And uh, she gave mine to me three days ago. And said, don't you dare touch these cookies until the show. So I gave them to my wife and told her to hide them. And before the show, we almost couldn't find them. (laughs) But Kathy has graced us with cookies. And we rise up and call her blessed. Um, Our video director, uh, John Myers, is in his tech bunker. Another year of John's Christmas light show without the the HOA chasing him with torches. <laughs> He's not their favorite person in the world, but I don't know why they're bothered. They have a gated community and nobody can get in to see it. So they should just be quiet and be thankful for little things. Right, John? and dr george bingham is the president of key life george uh, may all your christmases be white and all your coffees be black and kathy wyatt is of course the soft feminine side of the program kathy no jokes Thanks for the cookies. They are so good. You don't know because you haven't eaten them yet. I have eaten two already. Once they came out of hiding, they were there for me to see and eat. I threatened you. An amazing demonstration of discipline on my part. I know. That I haven't eaten all of them before we started this show. I know. I threatened you. I know. It was pretty dirty the way you did that, but... But it worked, and did you I like still my, have one or two cookies. What? Did you like my flashing necklace here? Yeah, but I'm about to have a migraine. I know. I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> a flashing like my hat? Oh, Let's see my. your hat. Oh, oh my wow. Humbug That's my hat. Humbug awesome. hat. Look at that. Well, this and is... it won't fit over the earphones. And so right now, Kathy turned off her lights. And I'm removing my stupid hat. Careful, it'll mess up your hair. Mine are on. (laughs) Mess up my hair. (laughs) Mine are on. They're just not flashing. Okay. Okay. Well, the flashing thing is the migraine thing. As long as they're not flashing, right? I'm okay. There we go, guys. What we're gonna Uh do today? Jinx. (laughs) 
Uh oh, look that? at look at Jinx. Oh, I thought got that the was Grinch gone for the year. <laughs> One year we use it. We don't have to use it every year. The Grinch. Last year he gave me a Grinch mask, which I refused to put on, but I did show. And so he gave up this year, and he's wearing the Grinch gloves, and he has the Grinch. He's mask. got the hat too. Look. Oh, the mask. I might put it on next segment. <laughs> <laughs> You know, all what we do at Christmas is we uh, we sit around and we talk about Christmas. Um, uh, Christmas can be a wondrous time. You know what we did yesterday? We finally decorated the tree. I'm married to Miss Christmas, and the family is coming, and everybody's going to be here at Christmas week, and. Uh, and we have Christmas trees all over the house, but the big ones in the living room, and we decorated it yesterday. And I almost got the Christmas spirit. I mean, every ornament what? hanging on that tree has a memory attached to it. Um, and uh, every time I hung one, I thought of something in the past that was kind of good and kind of Christmas. It's always been a disconnect for my family and friends to look like Santa Claus and to not be big on Christmas. But I'm better about that. I'm not the Scrooge I used to be, and that's because I'm no longer a pastor. Uh, when you're a pastor, uh, Christmas is awful for a lot of reasons, and you ought to be very kind to your pastor over Christmas. Um, he's, he or she has got to figure out something to say that has been said 10 billion times and to say it in a way that can be meaningful. And sometimes that's plain impossible. You sit around in front of a computer thinking, good heavens, what in the world am I going to say this year? And then you try to come up with something new, but there is nothing new about Christmas. It's all been said. And then if you're a pastor, you got 10 billion parties to go to. If you're a pastor, that's when everybody who is neurotic gets more neurotic. And everybody who's had a hard time during the year faces the memories of Christmas and you've got to bind up broken hearts and it'll drive you nuts. But I'm not a pastor anymore. And I find that the further I get away from the pulpit on a regular basis, the nicer and the kinder and the more Christmas spirit that I feel. So there. So, guys, what do you want to talk about? Uh, one of the things we could talk about is as we look back over these years, do you have a favorite program that we've done? Matthew, our executive producer, listed all of the programs for us. Mm -hmm. And I looked over them this morning, and it is absolutely amazing the number of people that we've talked to. Some of them really, really famous. Some of them not so famous. Some exciting, some boring, <laughs> but all <laughs> worth listening to. <laughs> And, and we will uh, not name the boring ones, right? No, we won't. <laughs> we, no, no, no. We're not going there. But we've had a lot of people on. Anybody up to talk about their favorite program? Kathy? 
I, uh, there, well, there were a couple of that stick out of my mind. I'm sure everybody would agree that one was just in, um, in October when we did, um, when we did the program live and we mm. introduced your new book, Laughter and Lament. The guest was okay. The, yeah, the guest was passable. Um, <laughs> but, but it was, was just. Great. Yeah, the show was great and people really loved it and got into it. And, you know, we may do that again, but it was fun. They actually got to see as well as, you know, seeing our faces, uh, you know, but they got to see what goes on behind the scenes and, you know, the clock ticking down. And I mean, just everything it that goes a, it into was a fun evening. it was fun. And, it and really the people was people that watch that miss some of it because Bud Fraga, yeah. who's on our board, and an old time friend who's been here from the beginning, he did the commercial break time with the audience and he was funny and he was laid back and he was embarrassing to me uh, <laughs> as he showed pictures. <laughs> yeah, there were some there were some really there were some really sweet pictures, really funny pictures. There was a picture of of you and Anna back when you were in college. And, uh, you know, which was just really sweet. I mean, that was 62 years ago. So, I mean, you know, that makes the heart go pitter patter for sure. But I mean, and then, then one of you with your, you know, sitting on your pony and, and, um, yeah, it was, there was some cute stuff there. Really, really people loved it. Uh, we, they didn't have to watch and I'm glad be thankful. That's a <laughs> oh, gift <stop>. that <laughs> I gave to you, Matthew, you got a favorite. Gosh, it's it. There's a lot to choose from. Uh, I really like Michael Reeves. Um, we've yeah. talked to him. Mm-hmm. I felt like talked twice this year, but maybe it was just once this year and once last year. But just a incredibly articulate and passionate guy, and uh, just and a deep thinker, but in a way that doesn't feel academic and dry. It's just so much vitality and. Um, I could just listen to him talk all day. And you don't, ex- you, you really don't expect that from an academic. Mm. You expect something that's going to have to be explained after they get off the air. But with him, he jumped right in and he was fun. And his book literally was a life changer for me in terms of the Holy Spirit. George, you remember any? Um, well, there, as you say, there were a bunch of them. I mean, we're about to run out of time, but, um, you know, who, who couldn't enjoy Hugh Ross telling us the source of UFO sightings? I mean, that was. <laughs> now we and, know the truth. <laughs> of course, nobody knows what he said because he's uh, so much, so complicated. Actually, Hugh gets the fodder down low enough so we can all get it. That's what we're trying to do on this Christmas program. We're all brilliant. We're all very heady, profound in our thinking. But for your sake, (laughs) if you believe any of this, you'll believe it. At least we're humble. We're trying to get the fodder down low so you can understand some of the profundity of this particular broadcast. Hey, don't go anywhere. We're going to eat some cookies, really, and then we're coming back. Hi, this is Eric, producer of Steve Brown, etc. If you've been listening very long, you know I'm a struggling believer, and I'd love to share some things that have helped. 
At Key Life, we believe that the deepest message of the ministry of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God for sinners and sufferers. And we have four mini books that'll help you believe that no matter what you've done or what you're going through, God's not mad at you. Feeling Guilty, Suffering, and Faith and Doubt by Steve Brown will help you apply healing biblical truth to where it hurts the most. And my mini book, The Gift of Addiction, How God Redeems Our Pain, shows that coming to the end of ourselves is actually the beginning of faith. These four mini books are in the Grace for Sinners and Sufferers mini book combo, and it's available at keylife.org for a suggested donation of $12. They're also individually available for a suggested donation of $4. glad you're with us. Hey, by the way, uh, if there were something we could drop into your Christmas stocking, it would be the Key Life Connection, our weekly email. Just a little thing we do to remind you that God's not mad at you. And if you don't already subscribe, why not give it a try? Just go to keylife.org slash subscribe. And it's free, and not many things in our culture are free. That may be what this is worth, but we have a feeling that it's worth more than that. So you maybe ought to subscribe. On the other side of the break, we were talking because this will be the last uh, et cetera program for the year. And, And we were looking over the many, many programs of this past year. Sometimes you forget, you know, we have had so many incredible guests over this year, and you guys have been kind enough to join us for these programs. Jinx, who, which one was your favorite? Oh, I really enjoyed the skit guys and also Dan Merchant with the, with the TV shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's just kind of incredible to get the behind the scenes on that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, one, and uh, we could spend the whole program going through talking about programs. It'd be a kind of postmodern uh, program that we would do, and we're not into postmodernity. So, so let's switch uh, subjects and talk about some Christmas memories that you have. At the beginning, I said we decorated our Christmas tree yesterday, and when you've been around as long as Anna and I've been along around you, you have ornaments that go way back with incredible memories to them. And as we hung the ornaments, we remembered who gave it or where we got it or the story that was connected to it. And so we had a wonderful time and I don't always have a wonderful time decorating the Christmas tree. You guys have some memories you that you go to at Christmas that uh, give you that feeling, the Christmas spirit feeling. Well, Don't everybody speak? Yeah. It? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just a couple no, of but so is everybody else, and I'm the only one that admits it. My yeah. dad brought all my uh, my childhood ornaments to me a couple of years ago, so now we'll you did what? Up. No, he brought me all my childhood ornaments. So oh. like all the ones that go on their tree um, or that we put on as a kid, like from, and some I made in first grade, and 
Oh, some of them aren't really ornaments anymore. They're just <laughs> skeletons <Yeah>. of ornaments. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it was nice Pass. to kind of go through those and still put them on and you know show them to my kids and and they would uh they're like where'd that come from? I'm like I made it. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You know, it is uh, Christmas is a you know my memories, my really good memories about Christmas are not religious. They're not about Jesus. They're not about any of that. Ooh. They're about Christmas and Santa Claus. And as a little kid, getting up and uh, going to see what Santa had brought. And I can think about that joyous time. And I can do it without having to be overly religious and say we should have been, we should have been more spiritual. And it would have been better. No, it wouldn't. As a matter of fact, it was uh, just good the way it was. And uh, I remember those. And looking at those ornaments has got to do that for you, Jinx. Oh, yeah. It takes you right back. <laughs> what about you, George? Um, you know, I think the, uh, I mean, there are certainly some memorable Christmases, both uh, in not too distant past and then the way past where, you know, it ended up being a white Christmas, which uh, we don't see in uh, Orlando that much. Uh, but the traditions and, you know, like going to pick out the tree and and bring it home to decorate. And we had a memorable year this year because um, typically the pattern is. You go, you spend, you know, a while at the tree lot looking at a whole bunch of trees, and then you get it on the top of the car and, and get it home, and you stick it in a bucket of water on the back patio for a while. And then finally, you get up the, the you know, energy to put it in the stand, which is always a huge hassle. And, <laughs> and then you start decorating, and hopefully you have the family around to decorate. But this year, Ruth and I had a, made a record because we left the house, went to the tree lot, drove to the tree lot, picked out the tree, got it back home, got it in the stand up in 50 minutes. And that was a huge record for us considering the tree lots, you know, driving there and back was at least 20, 20 minutes of that. So uh, that made it an extra special memory (laughs) this year. This is going to be a new challenge to try and meet again in future years. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. George, what about you, Kathy? Oh, my goodness. You know, I just decorating is like super hyper overdrive. And this year I I didn't do anywhere near as much as what I usually do. I've had house guests for about 12 weeks. And so it was just stuff that was going to get in the way and, you know, some of it. So I I just did some basic stuff. But by the I did, way, for those of you who don't know. At Christmas, Kathy's house becomes a winter wonderland <laughs> with villages everywhere and Christmas stuff. And she couldn't do it this year. And uh, that's kind of sad. Well, but I did, you know, I did. There's something in almost, <clears throat> excuse me, in almost every room. So that's always my goal that, you know, there's stuff in every room. But I did do. Um, you know, I did confine myself to the kitchen. So there was a lot of baking, so much so that, you know, both the freezers are jam packed. So I'm starting to pull stuff out now. And there's actually food underneath the cookies and the breads and stuff. I never <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought there was only cookies and bread and stuff in there. So 
So this is going to be a special Christmas for you of memory. Well, it'll be a unique one, that's for sure. And when also, you-, you know, a lot of people the last couple of years could not, um, you know, travel and and you know because of the whole pandemic thing. So I'm actually, you know, headed out of state to family for the first time in a couple of years, which will be really nice, <laughs> really mm-hmm. nice. Um, Matthew, you might want to start, and then I'll mm-hmm. interrupt you and say, "Hold it, we'll make uh, it a right. teaser for the next." Well, George's story about the tree reminded me of the first time where we had all of our babies and we had an SUV and then we got the tree and they strapped it to the top. And I felt like some kind of suburban Viking king. Like I had my, like I had slain a deer. Pillaging like, the tree lot. Behold, I have brought the tree. I just, I don't know. It was just something primal that connected. I was like, oh, wow. Matthew, anybody ever tell you you're. Well, Strange. a little bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something wrong. Look at He's telling checks. the truth, man. <laughs> Guys, oh, we're going to come back and continue with our discussions about Christmas and Christmas memories and Christmas realities. You know, the memories are wonderful and the trees and the cookies, but it really is about Jesus, believe it or not. Maybe we'll bring him up at some point in this program. You ought to stay around and see. At any rate, we're going to eat some more cookies, and then we're returning. From Key Life comes two mini books. What do you do for a living? And Life After Retirement. What Do You Do for a Living by Justin Holcomb addresses the problem of defining ourselves by what we do and how we perform in our work instead of by who we know, a gracious, loving God who defines who we are. Life After Retirement by Steve Brown examines how those transitioning from work to retirement often experience a loss of purpose in life and how the quest for personal significance can best be answered by God's radical grace, love, and purpose for our lives sufficient to carry us through this transition. What Do You Do for a Living and Life After Retirement can help guide people struggling with either work or retirement. These two Key Life mini-books are available through keylife.org for a donation of $6. And by the way, we're now on our way to 1 million YouTube channel subscribers. We just have 992,000 more to go. Why don't you help us and get to that goal? You can go to youtube.com key life network and click subscribe and become a part of our YouTube family as we move to a million subscribers <laughs> that was really funny i thought boy i missed that in the meeting <laughs> for that matter we're on our way to 10 million i mean you know it's perspective yeah. or 20 god is infinite dream big <laughs> that's right <laughs> we're, we're we're talking about christmas memories and uh, things that uh, we remember from the past at christmas uh, you know, music plays a great part in that. 
it's been really interesting this year at the church that I attend. Uh, during Advent season, Christmas season, uh, we have a very contemporary worship uh, uh, thing. And uh, all of the Christmas music didn't sound like Christmas music to me. But being kind and quiet and civil, I didn't say anything. My wife was cussing and spitting. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they got her, they heard her do that. And so this year it's been Christmas carols and Christmas music. And, you know, all kidding aside, that does play a big part in what we feel at Christmas and even the memories that we have of Christmas. Kathy? Seven years ago, I got to sing at Carnegie Hall with Keith and Kristen Getty and a couple hundred other people, as well as all their musicians and everything for their um, sing an Irish Christmas tour that they do every year. And that was, I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, I was singing with a couple hundred other people and uh, some fabulous musicians and the Gettys who I greatly appreciate. I mean, I was standing on the platform on the stage in <laughs> Carnegie Hall. I mean, it don't get no better than that. I mean, it was awesome. Pretty re- a pretty yeah, remarkable awesome. thing. I did that it a couple great. times. A couple times when they were here when the tour came through in Orlando and participated in it and it was wonderful. But um, you know, the Bob Carr Theater and Carnegie Hall, yeah, there there is a bit of a difference. <laughs> How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Know somebody. And practice. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I played the piano at Carnegie. Well, actually, I I didn't, but I started to. I was a speaker for, uh, they needed a preacher uh-huh. to make it religious. And so I was a speaker for the, um, the American thing they did for the firemen and the policemen. And when I walked out to speak, there was a big piano there. There had been a number of Christian musicians. And I thought, I'm going to reach over and just hit a note and tell everybody I played at Carnegie Hall. (laughs) But it was such a somber, serious moment. It was an encourage America thing. I decided not to do it. And now that I look back, that was a very wise move. Well, and you didn't mention that that was after, following 9-11. It was honoring. It was right after 9-11. The first responders. That's true. It was a very, it was a moving, moving time. It really was. Speaking of Carnegie Hall, if you want to watch something really, really fun um, sometime when you're sitting around, go to YouTube and look up um the Gaither home videos are there and just type in Buddy Green at Carnegie Hall, our good friend, Bunny Green, who is an, just a master musician uh, on of all things, many things, but especially the harmonica. And he played the William Tell Overture on the harmonica at Carnegie Hall. And I mean, people were just I mean, most of us have heard him do it anyway, but he did it at Carnegie Hall. It was really amazing. I love every, it when he does that. When you say Buddy Green, every time Mary... Do you know? Comes on. I yep. straight up name drop Buddy Green. Like, hey, <laughs> yep. you know, I've met the guy who wrote the melody. Yeah. And the kids are approaching the age of like, yeah, daddy, I got it. <laughs> I remember, I remember you, you said the same thing last year. Get, meet new people. And I'll say it again. <laughs> Try harder. I am man. You know, there's some songs uh, like Mary, Did You Know, that have a, 
there's a supernatural thing. There is. Absolutely. It gets legs. And then people all over start. Amazing Grace is one of those Mm -hmm. songs. But Mary, Did You Know is probably one of the most sung Christmas songs every Christmas. And, you know, Mark Lowry, when he wrote the words to that, he gave that song, gave those words, that poem to a number of people before he gave it to Buddy. And it Mm. wasn't until Buddy that it was like, boom, it just happened. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Mark had done that. Beautiful song and a beautiful thought. Uh, I'm uh, working on a sermon for next Sunday at a church here in Florida. And uh, I've been thinking about that particular song. What kind of spirit did Mary have and did she know? I mean, it's hard to do that on a farm with cows and camels. uh, But did you know? that that baby's hand would be the hand that created the world and uh, brought us all to God and reconciled us. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We ought to be a little bit religious on this program, and we have to work at it to pull that off, but we're going to do it uh, coming up, so don't go away. We're eating cookies. Wish you could taste some of them. Kathy made them for us. And we're trying to eat them slowly to make them last as long as possible. Hey, don't go anywhere. It was irritated when the electricity went out. No television, no music, no Netflix. Then he discovered that the battery on his smartphone was dead. He decided to make some coffee, but when he went to the kitchen, he realized that without electricity, he couldn't even do that. Then he noticed his wife in the kitchen, and he sat down and talked to her. He said later, you know, she seemed like a very nice lady. I know, I know, technology's good, but sometimes... Go talk to somebody face-to-face. You might be surprised how nice and real they are. It's messy sometimes, but Jesus would like it. I'm Steve Brown. You think about that. Share what you just heard with a friend. Go to youthinkaboutthat.com. Glad you're joining us. It's been a fun, kind of fun program. Thanks for hanging out with us. And in case you didn't know, <laughs> Key Life added a new podcast this year called Simply Sermons. You can find it on the Key Life app, on your favorite podcast platform, or at keylife.org, Simply Sermons. It's you know I want to just kind of ignore uh, what's going on in the upper right hand corner of our screen, but it's hard to. That's, uh, <laughs> That's kind of scary. Uh, yeah. Last year, Jinx uh, tried to get me to put that mask on, and you know there's certain things I won't do, and there are people who said you don't have to. Your face is enough. <laughs> But for Jinx, that's different. So he now 
is experienced. He's very close to fainting. Yeah. He can't breathe. And yeah. the horror of him looking this way is that he can't eat cookies while oh. wearing that mask. <laughs> oh, he didn't think that through. So what we're going to do is we're just going to sit here and look at him and see how long he can go without <laughs> taking that stupid mask off. Well, and did you notice? There he did goes. You, there he goes. He's fainting. And did you notice that George has a moving Christmas tree? Every time we've come back, that Christmas tree is moved. Has that been supernatural, George? Uh, what tree? <laughs> Think closer. <laughs> What, oh, Jinx? <laughs> you can't see out of this thing either. <laughs> this has gone oh. off the rails quicker than I thought. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, you my guys, goodness. You know, this is uh, this has been fun to talk about these things, about the programs and about what we remember and about our favorite Christian music, Christmas music. But right now, uh, there are people that are watching, uh, if it's like it is most Christmases, that are going through a really rough time. What I'm going to do over the next few days is I'm going to be calling people who have lost loved ones over this past year. And there have been a number of them. And uh, I'm going to just call up and say, I know uh, that Christmas is hard because there's nobody to help you decorate the tree. And there aren't any presents under the tree from the person you miss. And you listen for footfalls and they're not there anymore. And so I know this is hard and I don't know if it'll help when I call, but I hope it does. And I hope you'll look around yourself for those who, uh, who lost loved ones over the past year. Christmas is a joyous time for everybody and even good memories there, but they're memories that are mixed with tears. And so spend some time to think about those that you know uh, who've died over this past year and call, call their parents or their spouses or their close friends and just say, I know. And when you say, I know, you'll be speaking for Jesus because he knows too. Uh, he knows the pain and the darkness. And he never leaves you there. Uh, I was once a member of a church that had a group of people that met over Advent. And you say, well, that's cool. That's what every church does. But this was different. They met over Advent because they were people who had lost those they loved over the past year and they hugged each other and cried with one another and shared memories with one another. And uh, you do that too for Christmas in the middle of uh, the celebration. At some point, call up somebody who's having a hard time and just say, I love you and I'm praying for you and they'll be glad and you'll feel good. It's called the Christmas spirit. And you'll feel good if you did it. I didn't mean to go off on a sermon there. I hope you, if you haven't called anybody, you feel properly guilty <laughs> after all that Jesus has done for you. Uh, but Christmas really is about Jesus, isn't it, guys? It is. Yeah. You it's know what? Go I, ahead. I was just going to say, I, one of the guests that we had that um, he actually did like a sort of a, 
Advent devotional, uh, Jared Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking to, and, and, uh, we got into the discussion and, and, uh, even for believers, even for those, you know, who haven't had a, a difficult year, the build up to Christmas and then the end of Christmas can have a little bit of a, a melancholy and, you know, maybe a little bit of a downer. And we got into a discussion about maybe right after Christmas, looking forward to the second Advent, uh, the, the return of Jesus was a good time for that. Um, doing a study or uh, spending some time reflecting on that could uh, really be good timing for that. That's good. That was wise. And actually, in the church year, Advent isn't just the time we remember the first, but we think about the second also, when Jesus says he's going to come another time. And it's not going to be a stable this time. Not going to be camels and uh, no room at the end. He's going to come in his power and his glory to clean up the mess. And uh, the church has always, during Advent, remembered both of those. Matthew, you got comments about that? You look well, like you're you thinking know, deeply. Well, you didn't. This was not to be any kind of plug. But um, as you're talking about the tears at Christmas, it, it reminds me of your book that came out this year, a couple months ago, and laughter and lament and how for Christians you find tears and laughter going hand in hand in unexpected places at unexpected times. And there's really only one explanation for why that could be, you know, that's true. And, and, you know, Christmas is kind of where exactly that happens. Um, you know, I have some memories of Christmas that are not very pretty. Uh, uh, we went through some hard times at Christmas and my dad was a drinker and was not sober during that time. And yet I can remember the laughter that was mixed with that. Uh, and that's true about life. It really is. Well, Kathy, you got an addition to this? No. <laughs> <laughs> she told you, you she's taking anything. Christmas off this year. You, um, <laughs> You kind of, you kind of, kind of said it all. There's really yeah. not, you know. Well, it's what we all think when we yeah. get at Christmas. There is that mix. And what George said about at when Christmas is over, Paul Harvey said nothing can live up to the promise of Christmas. So mm -hmm. they called it off. <laughs> I get that. It's uh, there's a mix. Uh, there's a mix of sadness and joy. And even our music has some of it, a sad quality to it, and some of it a joyous, joy to the world yes. quality to it. Absolutely. Hey, guys, we've got one more segment, and we're going to take the time to look at what the Scripture says as we read the Christmas story. You know, Christmas is the time we remember it's not a story. It's not a myth. It's a fact. The God of the universe entered time and space, uh, walked our dirty roads, and hung on our dirty cross because his love was that big. Hi, this is Eric, producer of Steve Brown, etc. 
If you've been listening very long, you know I'm a struggling believer, and I'd love to share some things that have helped. At Key Life, we believe that the deepest message of the ministry of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God for sinners and sufferers. And we have four mini books that'll help you believe that no matter what you've done or what you're going through, God's not mad at you. Feeling Guilty, Suffering, and Faith and Doubt by Steve Brown will help you apply healing biblical truth to where it hurts the most. And my mini book, The Gift of Addiction, How God Redeems Our Pain, shows that coming to the end of ourselves is actually the beginning of faith. These four mini books are in the Grace for Sinners and Sufferers mini book combo, and it's available at keylife.org for a suggested donation of $12. They're also individually available for a suggested donation of $4. from Luke, the second chapter, which is the traditional Christian story and Christmas story. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, uh, the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, They made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. 
but Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Hey guys, from all of us here at Key Life, to all of you, have a very Merry Christmas.